Philip said to him, said to Jesus, Lord, show us the Father, and it is enough for us. Jesus said to him, have, you been, have I been with you so long, and you still do not know me, Philip? Whoever has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? Do you not believe that I am in the Father, and the Father is in me? The words that I say to you, I do not speak on my own authority, but the Father who dwells in me does his work. Believe me that I am in the Father, and the Father is in me, or else believe on account of the works themselves. Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever believes in me will also do the works that I do, and greater works than these will he do, because I am going to the Father. Whatever you ask in my name, this I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask me anything in my name, I will do it. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper to be with you forever, even the Spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him nor knows him. You know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. Yet a little while, and the world will see me no more, but you will see me. Because I live, you also will live. In that day you will know that I am in my Father, and you in me, and I in you. Whoever has my commands and keeps them, he it is who loves me. And he who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I will love him and manifest myself to him. Lord Jesus, we thank you for the reading of your word today. Give us eyes to see, ears to hear, hearts to receive. Heavenly Father, give us your spirit. We pray, come Holy Spirit to this congregation and speak to us today. Amen. Amen. Today I want to talk about our inability to keep God's commandments. I don't know if you've noticed it or not, but God has commandments. And I have a hard time following them. And we're going to learn from the sermon today that God actually demands from us perfection in keeping the commandments. Jesus says, be perfect as your Father in heaven is perfect. How many of you have attained to that perfection? None of us have. None of us have. Uh, if you're here today and you say, Pastor, I have a hard time living in obedience to God, I have one thing to say to you. Welcome to the club. Welcome to the club. But there is good news. God has given us a helper. God has given us a helper. The Greek word is parakletos. He has given us a helper in our struggle with and against sin. The Holy Spirit who empowers us to keep the commandments, to live in accordance with what he has said. Jesus says, if you love me, if you love me, you will obey what I command. One of the most frustrating things is for a small kid going to an amusement park and he looks at all of the amazing rides and all of the roller coasters and, and that, that kid looks and says, I want to go on all of them. And then what happens? They get in line, they wait in line and then they get to the end of the line and there's this measuring rod, right? And they don't measure up. 
How many of you have had kids that didn't measure up to the ride that they wanted to ride before? All of a sudden, there are tears, there's crying, why can't I go on the ride? And then we've even tried putting napkins in their shoes to get them <laughs> tall enough so that they can get through. It's a little trick, you should try it, it works if they're almost there. So those signs, that standard, brings countless tears to the eyes of countless children. It's like the law of God contained in the Holy Scripture. Jesus says, if you love me, you will obey what I command. God has given us commandments within the Scriptures. It's the standard of morality that God has given to the entire human race. It applies to all people. God has said to us, this is my standard. This is what you must measure up to. You must measure up to this standard. And Jesus said in Matthew 5:48, you therefore must be perfect as your heavenly Father is perfect. So God demands perfection. We must keep the commandments perfectly. Not just with, with external deeds. Now I'm pretty good at, at putting my best foot forward. I haven't murdered anybody yet. Come close maybe. Um, the Bible says thou shall not commit adultery. But then Jesus comes in and he makes it much more difficult than not just shooting somebody or going off and committing the act. He says if you're angry with your brother, you're guilty of murder, right? If you look at somebody with lust in your heart, you are guilty of adultery. More than that, we're to love our enemies. We're to pray for those who persecute us. That's hard. This is the height to which we are to live up to. God's commandments. Jesus says, if you love me, you will obey what I command. So some people would say, well, doesn't God give us points for effort? I took a Greek class in seminary and I did a terrible job. I should have gotten an F. But Professor John Kildee, who's a wonderful professor who's now retired, he said, I'll pass everybody who puts effort into it. So I put effort into it and I got a C. I shouldn't have received that C. But God doesn't give us points for effort. He doesn't. It's not enough in God's eyes if we try our hardest. God gives no points for efforts. God, God's commandments are like that height requirement sign at the amusement park. Either you measure up or you don't. No matter how much effort a child puts into trying to be taller so that he can get on that ride, he'll always fall short. The Bible tells us that we fall short of the glory of God. More than that, the Bible teaches us that we are by nature, by nature, sinful and unclean. That is who we are on the inside. And on top of that, the Bible tells us that if by some miracle we manage to keep the commandments yet stumble in one area, we're guilty of breaking all of them. Jesus said, if you love me, you will obey what I command. So Lord, how do I do this? Lord, how can I live up to your standard? Lord, one day I'm going to stand before the gates of heaven. And I'm not going to measure up to your holy and righteous standard. 
You don't even count my efforts. And the good works that I've done do not count because the sin that I've committed has canceled them out. Is there any hope for me? Is there any hope for me? Is there any hope for anyone? Has anyone ever measured up? Has anyone ever measured up to the moral standard which you demand in order to be, enter into heaven? Jesus says, if you love me, you'll obey what I command. But Jesus doesn't stop there. Look in your Bibles. John 14, 15, if you love me, you will obey what I command. He doesn't stop there. He says this after he says that. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another counselor to be with you forever. The Spirit of truth. The Spirit of truth, which is the Holy Spirit. Look at that word counselor. In the original language, the word counselor is translated from the Greek word parakletos. What is a parakletos? What does a parakletos do? A parakletos is one called or sent to assist another. One sent or called to assist another. One who pleads the cause of another. One present to render various beneficial services, and that's from the Greek dictionary by Mounts and Mounts. Who is this parakletos our gospel lesson tells us about? Well, you know, it is the third person of the Holy Trinity. It is God, the Holy Spirit. Did you know that the Holy Spirit dwells within every believer? The Holy Spirit dwells within you. One sent by God is your helper. When the law of God penetrates our hearts, when we come to the realization that we do not measure up to God's moral standard, when we come to the realization that we need help, then through the word of the gospel, the Holy Spirit kicks in and he gives us the will, the motivation, and the strength to live according to what God has commanded. When we look at God's law, when we look at his commandments, it actually causes us to see our own human frailty and then it causes us to look, to look for help outside of ourselves. That really is one of the purposes of the law, to drive us to a helper. And that helper is God who works in us through the Holy Spirit. So we have a counselor, a helper, a parakletos the Holy Spirit who will be with you forever. You have the Holy Spirit dwelling within you. Jesus then goes on to say the world cannot accept him because it neither sees him or knows him, but you know him for he lives with you and will be in you. Now he's speaking that, these words to the disciples before the infilling of the Holy Spirit at Pentecost. So for us, we can say that he is in us now. Every believer has this experience of the Holy Spirit working in their lives. The fact that you're here today is evidence that the Holy Spirit is working in your heart. Did you know that it is the Holy Spirit that gathers us together? That he is the one who brings us together? So we gather here today by the Holy Spirit to hear the word of God so that the Holy Spirit can instruct our hearts. Why else would you come to church? Oftentimes I think, why do people go to church? 
why would they go to church to hear me? You know, sometimes I really just don't understand it. What a strange thing the church is in the gathering of believers. It's only by the Holy Spirit. It's only by the power and the demonstration of his spirit at work that people gather by the millions and millions around the world today. Do you know that you are joining with countless people right now from around the world who are gathered by the Holy Spirit to hear his word? The Holy Spirit has brought us together so that we would receive a blessing from God as he comes to us and as he ministers to us through his word and as he ministers to us through the sacrament of the altar. How else does the Holy Spirit work? Have you ever heard a message from God's word while you were reading your Bible that caused you to see life from a new and different perspective? Has he taught you something before? He's working. You're not perfect. You have a long way to go. But the Holy Spirit is working through his word in your heart and in your mind. Those who do not believe in Christ cannot accept him. They don't see him. They don't know his work in their lives. But you know him. Those of you sitting here today, you know him. For he lives with you. And he is in you. He is present in you now. And it's God's desire for us to walk in his ways, loving him by keeping his commandments. But in our own strength, we cannot do it. Jesus knew that we could not do it. He knows our weaknesses. So he sent to us another counselor, another helper, the Holy Spirit. But then I asked the question, how is it possible for me, a person who is so sinful and unclean, to receive the Holy Spirit? How can the pure, holy, Holy Spirit enter into my heart, which is unclean? Well, the answer is, is given to us. Jesus alludes to it in verse 19 of our lesson, beginning there. Before long, the world will not see me anymore. What is Jesus talking about in verse 19? He's talking about him, uh, this mission that he has to go to the cross. He's pointing to the cross in verse 19. He's talking about his death. He will go to the cross and suffer for the sin of humanity so that through trusting in him, in what he did upon the cross, we receive the forgiveness of our sins and we receive the very righteousness of Jesus Christ. You see, the Holy Spirit dwells in us because we have been made holy through the death of Jesus Christ. When God sees you, he does not see your sin. He actually sees only the very righteousness of Jesus Christ, which has been given to you as, as a free gift. So it's through the death of Jesus that we have hearts to receive this gift of his Holy Spirit and working in our lives. You're trusting in him today. You trust in him today, you can receive the forgiveness of sins. You believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. You believe that he died for you and that he rose again. Today you can receive that gift. And as you receive that gift, you receive the Holy Spirit. And then Jesus said this, because I live, you also will live. 
you also will live. What does it mean to truly live? It is to live knowing that our sins are forgiven, knowing that we have received the righteousness of Christ, and to live is to be filled with the Spirit. That is to live. This new life that you've received is lived in the power of the Holy Spirit. This new life is lived in the power of the Holy Spirit so that you can love Jesus and keep his commandments so that you can love him and obey him. And not obey him to earn his love. Not to, 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 uh, to do that so you can earn something from him. But we love him. Why? Because he first loved us and gave himself for us. One day you're going to enter into the greatest amusement park you can imagine. I don't know, maybe it's a bad thing to call heaven an amusement park because it's far greater than that. One day you're going to stand there at the gates of heaven and I don't know who's going to stand there. Somebody might ask you this question, why should I let you in? You know what I'll say? I'll say you shouldn't let me in. I don't measure up. But there is one who does and did measure up. His name is Jesus. And I trusted in Jesus. I received Jesus as my Savior. And I don't measure up, but he did. And because he did, and only through trusting in him can I enter in to paradise, into eternity, a new heaven and a new earth with Jesus. It's my prayer that you've received that gift and it's my prayer that you're living in the power of the Holy Spirit through his word and in prayer to live the life that Christ has called you to live. Amen. Let us pray together. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word today. We thank you that you've given us your word. And Lord, your word is powerful and effective because your Holy Spirit works through it to change us, to transform us, to cause us to have this desire to live in obedience to you. So now for us, obedience is a joy. For us, obedience is, is freedom. Because, Lord, it's through this obedience which is motivated by the gospel and the Holy Spirit that we really, truly experience life. So help our congregation to continue to grow, to continue to grow in our love for you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I invite you to please stand as we sing together the hymn, I Know That My Redeemer Lives, 239. Head. 
triumphant from the grave. He lives eternally to save. He lives exalted, throned above. He lives to rule his church in love. He lives to bless me with his love. He lives to plead for me above. He lives my hungry soul to feed. He lives to help in time of need. He lives my kind wise family friend. He lives and loves me to the end. He lives and while he my prophet, priest, and king. He lives all glory to his name. He lives my Savior, still the same. What joy this blessed assurance gives. I know that my